This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to NK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Back to back days recording for us, but a very special episode today. Uh, before we get into our guest and what he's all about, it's I should introduce our other co-host, uh, Ross. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing perfectly fine. Obviously, the uh, lead up to obviously Saturday's on its way, but this tonight's the main thing. Yeah, and obviously tonight could have a big say in you know what happens at the weekend. Who knows? Depending on the news announcements we get in the next couple of days, uh, and there are other co-hosts. Joe's here. So, Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, all good. All good. Thanks. Yes, uh, it's been moving along the last few days, and uh, hopefully, we get to find out a bit more about uh, what we're getting ourselves in for. Yeah, definitely. And I think the man joining us on the call who definitely helps out on that in regards to Liam Manning. Uh, it's our pleasure to welcome on uh, Sven Klass, uh, who's a Belgian football journalist, or he has been for the very near future anyway. So Sven, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for uh, inviting me. And uh, yeah, it was a really surprise for everyone I can expect. So uh, yeah, I'm glad to tell a bit more about uh, Liam Manning. Yeah, no, the pleasure's all ours. I mean, obviously, we only have limited knowledge regarding Liam and obviously from the time he spent with him yourself, you know, it's, you know, a lot more about him than us. So it's a pleasure to spend some time with you to talk about it. Um, but first of all, before we get into that, just talk us a bit through your career as a football journalist so far, because that's what you are. As people that know that you're a football journalist, you have been for around what, seven, eight years now, I believe. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, mainly focusing on uh, on the Belgians um, who were really unknown at that moment and they became popular and better throughout uh, the years uh, with Romelu Lukaku returning uh, even tonight uh, at Chelsea and uh, Eden Hazard going to uh, going to Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, I started following the Belgian teams and then also in, in Belgium I followed uh, KRC Genk, also a team that became champion uh, uh, played Champions League also against uh, some top clubs. And now I'm uh, focusing on uh, yeah, Lommel Ska, second tier club in Belgium, where Liam Manning was uh, head coach uh, the last couple, yeah, 30 months ago. So, uh, yeah, that's my journey. And uh, sometimes I try to have a scoop on Twitter and, uh, yeah, 
that's it. So if you need Belgium transfer rumors, they can always contact me. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And yeah, you've basically been following Liam Manning's journey in, Bel- journey in Belgium since like day one, really, haven't you? So it's you pretty much are the man to go to when it comes to <laughs> anything Liam Manning at this point. Yeah, I spoke to him, uh, of course, uh, every week. Uh, there was a press conference every game after the training session. So uh, I spoke a lot with him. It was yeah, really difficult to talk with him. Uh, yeah, with COVID, of course, uh, everyone had to be tested uh, two times a week. So uh, it was really difficult uh, to get a connection. But yeah, of course, he know my role. Uh, also, the media, uh, local media, we were very important for him. And he always took his time. So I really appreciated that. And also before this meeting, uh, of, uh, before this podcast, I already told him that I was recording this uh, for you guys. And uh, so he, he knows uh, it's going live. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was just traveling still to, to the UK. So, uh, yeah, he's turning back to his home country. And, uh, yeah, he's looking forward to, to, the new, uh, yeah, to this new challenge. Yeah, we're looking forward to having him as well. I'm sure it'll be a very exciting time. And looking forward to seeing what his team looks like. Um but, you know, we, uh, we've compiled our own sort of questions for yourself and we asked the listeners for their questions as well. So picked a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've, we've got a list of them. So, uh, Joe, if you want to take it away and ask, uh, spend the first question, that'd be excellent. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for coming on, Sven. It's, it's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting to get your insight on on uh, Liam Manning. I think, you know, there's probably not many people better placed to, 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 uh, to help us out with that. Um, first of all, just... You know, looking back at, at Lommel as a as a whole, what was his sort of expectation when Liam Manning came in? What and what was he brought in to do, and and how did he get on? Essentially, just a you know sort of brief overview. Yeah, maybe it's also interesting to say that a few months before the club, it it was almost bankrupt. So uh, it was bought by the City Football Group, and that's also the reason why why Liam Manning uh, was possible to came because he was technical director of the Youth Academy of New York City. So, uh, yeah, he only developed youth talents at that moment. So it was his first job also in professional football. So nobody has, at that moment, nobody already has heard from him. So it was also for us from, yeah, who is this guy? He only played some matches with Ipswich Town and and, then the Youth Academy from West Ham. And yeah, that was it. And now he had to train, yeah, professional team. So, yeah, also for you guys for this season, yeah, it's only a second second season as a professional football coach so uh so uh yeah he's still uh, 35 years old so very young still has a lot to learn also makes mistakes of course uh, still very young so um but yeah like i said in the beginning um it was really difficult with, with the city football group because in total 21 players came in last summer 21 players so uh from, yeah from all over the world you can imagine so it was uh, from south and Uruguay, Brazil, uh, you name it. Some players from Japan came in, Ecuador, uh, from America. So it was really difficult. Uh, a lot of languages were spoken. Uh, normally, the normal language was Dutch, maybe a bit of French in Belgium. And uh, yeah, now it was already Spanish, Portuguese, uh, English. In- but in- English was now the common uh, language also at the training pitch. So uh, yeah, it was really... it. Lomo is really a small club. They only have about five 500 season card holders. So and now, yeah, it was a part, uh, one yeah, part of the city football group. So it became really huge, a lot of budget, a lot of new players coming in. And uh, 
yeah, Liam was yeah a bit of uh, yeah he had to, to take the role uh, as a as a coach, and then he also got a Dutch assistant, an assistant coach. So we got some really well people, and yeah, it's maybe not harsh to say it's a laptop trainer, but yeah, they look a lot at data, of course, yeah, from the City Football Group. So they really know which players can yeah can exceed at that level because it's only Belgium's second division. So a lot of players came in and. Uh, yeah, at that moment, expectations weren't really high, of course, because it was the first year in the City Football Group. Yeah, the, yeah, not really big expectations. With so many players coming in, you can't expect that, that you become champion that year. So in the end, uh, it was a third place and everyone was really satisfied with that. And uh, yeah, expectations weren't really high, of course, when you have so many new players, you don't know them, they're not speaking the language. And, and with COVID, they all had to stay on their room. Eh? They always had to be in quarantine, couldn't speak with people, had to be in their own hotel room far from their families. Uh, yeah, only speaking with them, uh, having a PlayStation, things like that. So it was really difficult for all those young players. Eh? Don't forget, they were only 17, 18, 19 years old. Eh? If you can imagine, if you have to travel to another country where you don't speak the language, eh? you don't eat the Belgian fries or the, the Belgian chocolate. So uh, yeah, you're not used to it. So it was really, yeah, for 10, 20 players coming in, it was really difficult. And also for Liam. Um, but yeah, that's when you're a part of the City Football Group. Eh? You have to develop new talents. And uh, yeah, at that moment, it was really difficult. You also saw that the first couple of months, eh? there was was not really a team. Eh? A lot of, yeah, they couldn't talk to each other. It was really difficult also on the pitch uh, to talk with each other on the pitch. And yeah, uh, that they have to uh, stay with their men or... or defend better things like that and uh yeah it really needs uh, to develop during the season and then they really became ba- better but yeah the first month so uh, they lost with goals with, with even five goals difference so it was really yeah a huge blow now nobody has already saw that because they came in with a lot of talent eh? they, they played a lot of money yeah they already they had several players who won the copa libertadores uh, at a very young age so everyone was expecting from yeah that would be an easy win uh to go through this league but uh, yeah of course that didn't happen and that was really difficult eh? first time they went abroad first time yeah not eating uh what mom makes them so uh first time uh that they buy and and, and make their own food so uh, for a lot of them it was really difficult and also for yeah also for Liam Manning yes yeah he saw it but yeah the club was really in a transition going on so there was a lot of things going on and yeah on the pitch, it was really difficult, but uh, yeah, in the end, it was a third place. So, and then you see also with those young talents, you can't put any pressure on them. You can't say we go for that second place in the end or to become champion. That that didn't work, and he couldn't do that because yeah, they were so young, 17, 18 years old. You couldn't put any pressure on them. So, I'm really enthusiastic, but now because yeah, you will have a more experienced team now at uh, uh, at your club. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, I will see. You. Yeah, I mean, we, you say a bit more experience, but we've probably got one of the youngest squads in the in, in the league. Most of the players, oh. I think, we've only got five players over the age of twenty four. So, okay. uh, but it's more a lot of more of you know twenty one, twenty two year olds. Um, but I oh, think yeah. what you what you were saying it ties in quite nicely with Ross's next question. Okay. First of all, Savannah, I hope you're doing well, mate. Um, yeah, thank you. Of uh, the the first listener questions from Marker L O four. And he's asked, um, is Liam a man that can motivate players or does he need uh, like a backroom staff to encourage that on the touchline? And is he, another question I wanted to ask, is he quite vocal on the touchline also? 
Yeah, no. I have to be honest. The answer is no. He's not vocal uh, at any moment. He sits on the bench, and yeah, also some fans would irritate him because yeah, when the team is behind, everyone would expect a shouting coach yeah. and come on, come on, keep running, uh, defend better, go, go. But no, he's not that type. So I can already tell you he's not that type. And yeah, some fans really like to see that, of course, at the coach. Eh? But uh, he's not that type. Also at the training session, it's also uh, his assistant coach who did all the work. Uh, but uh, yeah, he set uh, the cones and uh, he did everything. So it, it's mostly his uh, assistant coach who does all the work. So if you go to a training session, Liam Manning is just uh, watching walking around, seeing everything going on, but it's, it's his assistant who does all the work. So he's very calm and collective then in his approach. Yes. yes. Some people like that, some irritate that, so it's what you like. So uh, it's not a shouter, so uh, you won't hear him or keep or shout him to uh, referees, things like that. He doesn't do that. So maybe also interesting to say that it wasn't the VER in the second division in Belgium. I don't know if that's the case in the league, league one. But there's yeah, a there's VR. Of in the cut competitions, maybe. If you get oh, that far okay. anyway. So he will, he will probably <laughs> get uh, annoyed by that. So uh, so I can already tell you. So uh, last year, uh, we had sometimes uh, really big uh, issues that, uh, yeah, there were video uh, images and uh, yeah, that it wasn't even a discussion. And uh, then he really got irritated, but I can understand as a coach, uh, it, it all depends on details in the last five minutes. And if you don't get a penalty or things like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, then I can imagine you explode. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that, because obviously with Russ um, going out, it was quite a uh, vocal person on the touchline and it's interesting to see we've gone for quite the opposite as such in mm-hmm. uh, obviously um liam so it's interesting to see how that how that will plan out um especially at home and away games and um i believe liam's got the next question yeah so obviously a lot of people are interested on the certain tactics that liam will introduce but one of the key questions that we have was regarding formations because with our previous manager there was a lot of different formations that were utilized um, so does Liam Mann intend to stick with one formation or is he quite interchangeable with his uh, formations typically? Yeah, and normally played last year with four in the back, so 4-3-3. But this okay. year, yeah, he had to, to change because he didn't have the players anymore to a five-man defense. So uh, with a lot of uh, wingbacks going up every time. So uh, they had to keep a lot of running. So normally he choose always for the 4-3-3 with three strikers. So two wingers and then one central striker up front. So uh, that's what he mostly... And I have to be honest, he had to play that way also from the City Football Group, of course. Uh, he, yeah, he has to develop them in their own yeah, playing style so he couldn't do anything else. So yeah, he was a bit yeah forced to play. So I have to be honest about that. Yeah, that's very interesting, actually, because our previous manager was very encouraging of the wing-back system, the uh, 3-5-2 or the 3-4-1-2. Um, so as you mentioned, you know, who knows what Liam will do. If you just go back to the four back, that'll be interesting because our wing, our right, our, wing, our right backs, our wing backs at the moment are very attacking based. So maybe the right back and left back may not suit them. So maybe he will go to back to the wing back situation, but it's interesting to know how, you know, of course the city group had the emphasis on it, as you mentioned, but I think it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do from that perspective. And if he decides to stick with the status quo, which the club seemed to, promoting its recruitment at the very least um, mm. or if he goes a different direction 
Mm-hmm. And do you already have a striker who can make 20 goals? Or, uh... oh, well, you like to think so. If, if, <laughs> it's, it's a believed cup record fee yes, on him. We do. So, <laughs> yeah, according to Ross, we do. Yeah. Um, myself and Ross have got a few beer bets on uh, the two strikers who scores the most goals and he's already won the left on me. So oh, okay. I'll be interested as the season goes. Belgium beer, I hope. Well, we'll see. It's that a frozen <laughs> choice. Um, Joe, if you've got the next question, mate. Um, so, so you mentioned about, you know, there was a bit of a tough start, um, obviously due to some, you know, really hard circumstances. But, you know, what were the fans' general, you know, reaction to Liam? And did he, you know, manage to maybe win them over? And the football itself, was were the fans liking the football or were they frustrated at times? Or, you know, how, how, how did that go? How the, what was the fans' outlook on, on the whole situation over the past year? Yeah, and there I have to be honest, because in, in Belgium, everyone was really enthusiastic about the city. Yeah, everyone watches City play in Belgium, of course, with Kevin De Bruyne. So everyone watches City and watches the Premier League every week. So everyone was really enthusiastic to see that sort of play on a second tier level. So, but uh, yeah, of course, expectations were too high. You couldn't do that. There was less quality. Uh, yeah, players lost the ball too many times free kicks went in, went in the stands, things like that. So penalties were missed by young lads when there was a bit of pressure. So, yeah. And also, to be honest, with the COVID, it was really difficult to, to get, of course, a connection with the fans. They only could attend three games in Belgium. So uh, only the first three games. So, yeah, that's that's nothing. He couldn't... Uh, because normally there were also some uh, events uh, from the club to react with the fans and... Uh, things like that but now with COVID everything was cancelled of course and that was also a pity he already spoke about it also before this meeting with me because he really wanted to say a, a farewell uh, on on Sunday probably so uh, yeah it's a pity for him that he could, couldn't 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 connect better with the fans so uh, he really appreciates the fans of course and yeah, he really missed that also in the home games um, yeah there was no audience so every game was was really difficult for them, and also with those young lads, yeah, they really need some push in the back from from their family, from some fans, and yeah, the more experienced players, they don't really need it that. But yeah, when you're a young guy, uh, you get pushed by the fans uh, when they shout at you, "Come on, come on!" But yeah, and also for Liam Manning, he really missed that, and I'm sure that costs also points in the end. But uh, yeah, the relationship with the fans, some of course you always have that with a coach. Some are happy that he left because. Yeah, to be honest, it was also really diplomatic, like our, like our manager, Roberto Martinez. He was a bit of the same. He wouldn't say anything wrong or that could be interpreted by something else. Or Yeah, he, was re- he, he really knows, knew every word that he was going to tell. He didn't say anything wrong or things that could be misinterpreted. So, yeah, that's, you, won't, yeah you can't trick him. So, uh, you could try it. You could invite him for your podcast, but... I don't think he will say anything. So some say that's a bit of a boring coach, but uh, yeah, it's not a really, uh, yeah. yeah. In Belgium, we say he jumps on the tables and uh, things like that. But uh, no, that, that's not uh, Liam Manning. <laughs> okay, yeah. And so on social media, what's the, the, the general reaction been since, since the, you know, the news has come out that it, it looks like he's leaving? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, exp- yeah, the timing. Eh? It's just about the timing is bad. So when he did it two months ago, I think a lot of fans said, yeah, you could leave. Eh? When there is a new team, yeah, you could leave. It's a better opportunity, bigger stadium, more fans. Everyone knows he could go. But for- if you go four days before the start of the season, 
then it's a bit difficult. Uh, that's that's also the reason why Liam has to explain a bit more about why he left, of course. Eh? He just can't say it. But yeah, you know it just because you can earn a lot of money in Lommel at the moment, thanks due to the city group, of course. So yeah, there has to be a bit of fraction, of course. And one of those fractions is that he had to wait very long to get better players because all his best players, they already left before uh yeah before in july already so he didn't have any good players left he didn't have any strikers at the moment so for him the timing was was really ideal so when this interest came i already know he was going because maybe i can tell you now i had an interview with him on tuesday afternoon and a few hours before that interview he said sorry sven i can't attend it there's something quite serious going on i hope i can tell you in a few days so for me, that was already a trick to, yeah, there's something going on. This, this is not serious. Then I call, called my contact. So he, and in a few hours, he, yeah, he was on the training pitch. So for me, that was already a surprise. And, and then I kept calling to my, yeah, some English contacts. So what's going on? I called his agent. And then uh, it was already known that he was, yeah, talking, uh, yeah, talking with you guys, uh, with your club. So, uh, yeah, for me, that was, yeah, because I wanted to preview the new season. And he cancelled that a few hours ago. So for me, it was a big surprise because uh, it's already really difficult to talk with someone at Lomola's car because, yeah, the press officer from the city football group uh, read, reads and uh, watches everything. So, uh, yeah, that was for me the trigger that there was something going on. And that's why I kept calling. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I found out that uh, he was going to leave the club. And uh, yesterday afternoon, I got the, the confirmation. Sorry to take you away from him. Maybe you'll have to come to a couple of games yeah. over in England then. I will definitely come. I will definitely come. So uh... Brilliant. Brilliant. Cool. Right, I believe uh, Ross is up next. Mm. Yeah, it's another um, listener question um, from Gabe Sutton. Um, he's, he's mentioned, has Liam ever been uh, known to switch positions of some of his players? I know, obviously, Liam's briefly mentioned it um, in the formation question. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we'll have to adapt and um, suit certain players into certain formations. So, if so, has this ever been successful for Liam Manning? Yeah, that was for me the best question uh, of them all because, yes, he did it and he did it a lot. So, uh, defensive midfielders became right back. So, uh, last year he had five different right backs. So, that's really, yeah, I couldn't believe it. With, yeah, I saw it with my own eyes. Every week it was another right back. And, and then it was the, the defensive midfielder. Sometimes he had the left attacker being, being the left uh, wing back. So it was, sometimes it was really crazy. But sometimes, yeah, of course, there were a lot of injuries. He already told me. I could understand and suspensions, things going on. But yeah, sometimes, yeah, there was only, they had only one right, full right back who did that for a couple of years at Lommel. So in my opinion, he wasn't an issue. And then suddenly he started changing them. And then the defensive midfielder, Fielder was right back. Then the central defender became right back. So they had five different right backs. And that was really uh, a surprise for me. Also, uh, left wingers who became left back and things like that. So, so yeah, he does that. But, yeah, when he has to do that, he doesn't do that. Yeah, but only when he has, has to. So, uh, But uh, he did it a lot last year. And sometimes it was really funny. But, yeah, if you have five different right backs... You can't imagine that in European football. So uh, if you look it up, Lomas got five different uh, right backs. So uh, it was, sometimes it was funny. So, uh. so would you so would you say that he um, changed people's positions a lot more instead of changing formation? Yeah, 
because he didn't believe in their yeah when they weren't good enough in their own position. So as a number six or a number four, he started yeah. yeah maybe he can be a right back or a left back, and yeah he tried something else. And also yeah to be honest, it were the players who already were at Lommel who had a contract, so they couldn't do more. So if they didn't say I want to play there, yeah they had to leave the club. So it was a bit yeah. Also with the talents from the city group, he couldn't do that of course. But but the players who were already there before the takeover. Yeah, you could put them everywhere. And of course, they are, weren't happy, of course. And some already left in the winter and some will already leave, yeah, will certainly leave the, this summer. So, uh, yeah, but that wasn't nice for them, of course. And yeah, of, of course, it was for a lot of frictions. But uh, yeah, the full right back wasn't playing, was it putting even in the stand sometimes. And uh, other players were, play, were, were playing on his position. So, uh, yeah, Liam Manning does that, but yeah. It's yeah. It's also with. I think he, he looks at the data, but yeah, for us as the fans, it was really crazy when you have a guy that was right back for let us say 10, 15 years in about his career, and then he was put in the stands, and then a defensive midfielder was putting right back. Yeah, that was sometimes a bit strange for us, for the fans, and also for us as journalists. So it's a high risk, high reward sort of scenario then. Yeah, probably. And uh, yeah, when he scores, nobody would talk about it. Of course, yeah. then he's the hero. Then he did a. a a great job, of course, yeah, uh, because he saw it uh, and or the data saw it, and uh, but yeah, but yeah, he certainly does that, Liam, and uh, yeah, maybe he's in for a surprise. So then you already know he did it at Lommel. So uh, now also the the reader of the listeners will uh, know that. I believe Liam's got the next question. Yeah, yeah. So obviously Liam Manning's influence on well, his group influence on him has been pretty prevalent uh, since being at Lommel. Um, now he's departed the City Group joining Milton Keynes Dons. Uh, how prevalent do you see that connection being going forward with MK Dons? Yeah, I'm really, I don't, do you know for how many years he will sign? Is that already known? Uh, uh, no, um, no, but I mean, well, normally you'd records, say two or three. Yeah, two, yeah. two years probably. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, we will see it. Like I said, it's a young coach. It's only his second year in professional, yeah, playing with professional football players. So, uh, yeah, I hope he succeeds. But, of course, he's 35. It will be really difficult. And, he, yeah, he's really ambitious, everything. Yeah, when, yeah, he's really, uh, it really depends on the players that he has. So, uh, I wish him all the luck. I already told him that. So, but, uh, of course, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's very happy that he can play in his home country, of course. We also saw that during the Euros, that he was really enthusiastic about the English team. So, uh, of course, it was a bit uh, bit of teasing, of course, uh, with the Belgium team uh, going out against Italy. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, I really could appreciate him. So, uh, I hope uh, that he can connect also better with the fans uh, now with COVID. So, I don't know if can are the stands already full uh, in England or... Well, with full capacity. Uh, well, yes. yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. How many fans yeah. do you have, by the way, in your stadium? Um, for us, typically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, gents, but I believe it's around seven thousand ticket holders. Um, and then, well, for Sunderland, for example, on Saturday, they're bringing down quite a few fans themselves. So, we're expecting around ten thousand plus on Saturday, which yeah, I'd say twelve, thirteen, yeah, 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 oh. yeah. That's a big difference. So Lomot was only two, three thousand. So uh, that's a big difference. So uh... yeah, I suppose a lot of people uh, when they hear the City Group and they hear the managers coming from there, they expect a lot of players from Man City joining the club very soon. Yeah. And 
Do, yeah. I mean, do you think that'll be the case? Obviously, there's a lot of players already at the club now. Um, I mean, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I spoke about him already and he said, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. So, uh, yeah, it's a young coach. He still doesn't have a lot of contacts in, in this in this football world. But, yeah, with City Group, yeah, he really yeah loved to work with them. And, uh, yeah, he already told me if there are possibilities and uh, there are good loan players he could use in the league. So, uh, he will definitely... Uh, Ask for City to have players. So, uh, but uh, but I have to be honest. At Lommel, sometimes you could have number seventy on the wage list, and then yeah, sometimes it was really crappy. So, uh, not all those players have won the Copa Libertadores or European trophies or the Asiatic Champions League or things like that. So, uh, sure. yeah, they all, also City can miss. Eh? It, not all of them are really talents. Sometimes you have to ask them. Yeah, don't you have those players in your own youth academy? Eh? Does there have to be a a player coming from Ghana or from Cambodia, so uh, from 18, 19 years old. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I know it's modern football, but sometimes, it, yeah, I've I've difficult uh, to accept that sometimes. So, uh, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I said in Lommel, it was all South America playing there and players from Ghana. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, there's a very talented Don squad here right now, so I'm sure he works magic with a few of them. Um, Joe, go on to Jack's question, then we'll uh, we'll round it off. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack Lydiard um, has a has a question about. He's, uh, I mean, you've touched on it briefly, but um, you know how how did Manning uh, make attempts to sort of connect with both the fans and the media? Because obviously, I, it, I guess it, it was a difficult time. But by the sounds of it, you've got quite a good relationship with him. So, I mean, I, I guess that's something that's good to see. Yeah, like I said earlier, it was really difficult. Only the fans could attend three home games. So that's nothing. So it was uh, during the month August, September. So and then, yeah, they didn't could attend one game. So in pre-season, they came back, of course. So they saw it was only 10 months ago. They didn't see any game in their own stadium. So uh, and yeah, in Belgium, you could only have a small walk with your dog and things like that. So Everything was closed, eh? bars like everywhere. So it was really difficult for him. And I think he really missed that. Also, the players missed that, of course, that they couldn't connect with the fans. And normally when you score a goal, eh, you can go and shout to the fans. And it wasn't there. It was really, yeah, how do you say it? A bit artificial. Eh? Everyone, yeah, a bit artificial, watching football in an artificial way. And that's not the way. Eh? Football is passion. It's from the crowd. It's from the people. And uh, now you only saw a few uh, VIPs in the stadium, uh, the mayor, some journalists, and that was it. So I think uh, Liam can be, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think he will be very popular, but yeah, he does his job. He's really, yeah, he's good in what he does, uh, according to the City Football Group. So I don't expect him to be a star tomorrow, but uh, yeah, when the results are there, uh, yeah, you have to give him credit. He's still very young, like I said, he will make mistakes, no doubt, but. Uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. So um, I really understand that he made this uh, decision, and uh, yeah, I hope I can visit him uh, very soon. So uh, if he gives me, uh, I don't know, is it, if there is an airport at your city, so uh, but uh, I will definitely uh, travel uh, this season to come one, to see one game. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! And just you mentioned there about um, I just mentioned earlier something that quite quite interested me about. Um, how he uses a lot of the data with the city group, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just thinking, what are a couple of things that you think he, he he would be best at, you know, coming straight into this team and three reasons why you think that, you know, he, he can, he can make a success of this because we're a club that, you know, we've got a sporting director. We like to try and be, 
you know, smart, you know, sign young players and, mm-hmm. you know, sell players when, when you get good offers in, but also buy cheap. Um, so mm-hmm. what sort of things uh, do you think, um, do you think he can add to that? And, do, you know, do you think he's a good fit for that sort of model? Yeah, it's the big advantage of Fleer Manning probably. And that's also the reason probably why he could sign that. Yeah, he's really good with young talent. So he did that at the West Ham at New York City Football Academy. So he knows every ins and outs. He knows what those young players are thinking about, what's going on in their mind. Uh, did they maybe, yeah, why is that player not performing? And did he maybe broke up with his girlfriend? Things like that. It could be really stupid things. Uh, did he have bad school results? But yeah, he's really busy with that. And that was one of the reasons also with the young guys. So, um, yeah, and he also connect with the elderly people in, in, the, in the squad that were, yeah. So he gave them also got a lot of responsibility and uh, yeah, they really have to adapt. adapt. So uh, they were responsible. Every older player was also responsible for a younger player so uh, that they could adapt easily in the group. And uh, yeah, we will see also with, uh, yeah, Liam Manning, um, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, well, our, our captain is 37 and has played over 800 games. So, uh, yeah, those two. I'm sure those two will get on just fine. Mm. Uh, I believe. And do you just... do you already use data? Do you already use data at your club? So uh, they all yeah, have a sp- re- in Belgium. They all have a sports bra uh, putting yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot of our signings as well. We've I, th- I believe we use a, like an agency of data, sort of a, an outside mm. consultancy. And yeah. so a lot of our signings in the last two or three windows, you've started to see that there have been a lot younger players, you know, players that have a resale value and, you know, players that, you know, it's almost like you look at a team like Brentford, they look for value in the market. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's so far, it's worked quite well for us. So yeah. It's just a case of trying to keep hold of those players, I guess. Yeah. That's also a good thing maybe to add about Liam, that he also when a player is already going to peak, he can say, no, now you need to rest. You don't train two, three days because, yeah, it's really too dip. Yeah, you're already peaking. Eh? Yeah, and Belgium is going into red phase. So, uh, yeah, that's he's already, yeah, that yeah, the, 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 probably the chance of getting injuries is too high. So that's also something Liam does and also with the data that he can say, yeah, you won't train two, three days. Or sometimes you can be expected from, oh, why is that player not in, not in the team or why isn't he playing? But then he, solves it, then he really watches the data and then he sees, no, it's, it's not good and the risk of having, a, having an injury is too high. So that's also something that he really does at that moment. And it's because, yeah, we're, yeah I'm only 33, he was 35. So we, had, we really had a bit of a connection. So we're from the same generation. So uh, he told me a lot because I was also eager to learn a lot about the data and... Uh, yeah, he helped me with that. So it was really, yeah, he always took some time for me. And uh, yeah, also after the defeat, uh, also with the young guys, uh, nobody wanted to answer me, of course. Eh? When you defeat, nobody, uh, everyone runs to the shower and then uh, you don't see them. Eh? They, they, uh, they, and they're gone uh, to the stadium, they're going home. But uh, yeah, Liam always came. Um, yeah, like I said, sometimes he was irrit- irritated that there wasn't a, v- a VAR, but. Uh, in the end, uh, yeah, I hope he succeeds. So uh, when he got uh, the right players, it's really, yeah, it's a freak about football. So he doesn't, it's it's sleep, eat, uh, yeah, always football in his mind. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. It sounds like he, he can slot in quite nicely. Um, I believe Liam's rounding us off with a, a nice fun question. Yeah, it's definitely the most important question out of them all, Sven, uh, yeah. Franco. Um, he's clearly a big fan of waffles and he wants to know your favourite waffle topping. His is syrup, so he says if you agree with him, you can be best friends. So, what's your favourite waffle topping? 
Yeah, in Belgium, we, yeah, I mostly eat with fresh fruit. Oh, okay. Stopping with fresh fruit. So it's some, yeah, pineapple, uh, cherries, things like that. And yeah, a bit of cream or sometimes in Belgium, we also do some ice cream. One scoop of yes, ice cream. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah, we have so much uh, lovely things to eat, eh? like the Belgian chocolate, uh, uh, the Belgian fries. So uh, sometimes it's really difficult uh, to choose a dessert. Definitely, I, I say I've enjoyed myself uh, plenty of times. Uh, I can definitely agree with that, muscles, and, <laughs> muscles and fries. I had when I was in yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, before you go, and before we say thanks for you coming on, uh, any questions for us? Yeah, I hope you can invite him uh, to your podcast. I think he would really because Liam also does sometimes some uh, some workshops for young coaches. Um, yeah, also in June, eh, he got his. Uh, his license, his pro license. He was in the class with uh, with Frank Lampard. So uh, he had some uh, famous coaches. So uh, I hope you can invite him. So uh, maybe, or at the club. I don't know if the club already has an official podcast, but yeah, Liam is certainly open for those things. So uh, I think you really can invite him. So uh, I hope the fans now have a, have a better image of, about Liam. So uh, I thank you very much uh, that you, uh, yeah, that I, I could attend uh, your uh, podcast. So uh yeah, because I saw a lot of reaction on my tweets from who is this guy and uh, why do we need him? And uh, yeah, there were a lot of questions about him. Of course, uh, it's an unknown person. So uh, like I said, it, 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 he won't be popular. He won't be famous at your club. So I'll, I'll already tell you, it's a very quiet guy with his young family. So uh, yeah, he's really focused on football. And like I said, he's really ambitious. So let us hope he, the good results will follow. As long as he gets this promoted, I'm sure it'll be fine, Sven. It'll be good. Uh, yes. Thank you once again for coming on. Um, this has been the MK1 podcast. And as always, come on, you nons. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing. So we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.